have you ever been asked to do something you thought, no way, there's just no way that I can do that? You're having a laugh. What happened to a group of very, very ordinary people in our story this week? We've come to know them as the 12 disciples, the men who were chosen by Jesus to learn from him. But let's face it, they were hardly the cream of the crop. Fisherman, tax collector and a political activist, guy who was, well, sitting under a tree with nothing to do. They're just like us. So let's find out what this group of unremarkable people ended up doing. And don't forget, if you find our reflections interesting or challenging or, well, even inspiring, then feel free to like them and share them and leave your comments and questions. We love to hear from you. Today's reading is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to chapter 10, verse 8. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the labourers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out labourers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew the tax collector, James son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanian and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without payment, give without payment. Amen. Most of us learn from doing. The numbers are pretty solid on that. We learn from doing more than we learn from reading or listening. But the best combination is all three. And then repeat and repeat again. We all know that if we want to remember something or get good at something, you can't just read about it. You have to give it a go. Be active. And the more that we do something with someone to give us constructive feedback, the better we'll get at it. Last week, we looked at the very end of Matthew's story of Jesus, where he sends these same people out into the world to make disciples of all nations. If you want to refresh your memory or catch up on that or anything else, then these videos are all available to watch anytime. Why? Because none of us takes it all in the first time. That's one of the benefits of this format. It's not a one-time only thing. You can go back and watch or listen as many times as you want. You can ask questions or make comments below. We can talk about it and learn from each other and share our understandings and our experiences. This week, we go back in the story to the disciples' first go at this whole being sent out thing. That's what apostle means, sent out. They've been watching Jesus do it. Matthew tells us they have. He says this, then Jesus went into all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues 
and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness. That must have been pretty cool, watching Jesus doing his thing day after day as people flocked to hear him and people gathered around him to be healed. And they were healed, all of them, with all their different sicknesses and all their various diseases. Imagine having a front row seat for that. Imagine being plucked from your job, sitting at the toll booth taking taxis from your friends to give to the Romans, or from a life of mending nets after nights spent fishing on the lake, or from a life of unemployment, sitting under a tree while others were chosen first to earn for their families. It must have been quite something. We hear that when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Remember, in those days there were no farms with fenced-in fields so that sheep could graze safely. The shepherd led the sheep to find food, to get water and to protect them from wild animals. Without the shepherd to lead them and keep them safe, the sheep wouldn't have lasted long. The word compassion means to enter into someone's suffering. Quite literally, to be in it alongside someone. We've changed its meaning to feel sorry for someone from a bit of a distance. So when we read that Jesus felt compassion, he's feeling what the people felt. All that pain and sadness and hurt and fear. And that can be overwhelming, even for Jesus. Worrying about people is a difficult state to be in. I think we've all found that over the past weeks and months. And that's what these verses tell us Jesus felt like. Self-care, doing the things that keep us well, well, that becomes even more important when things are tough. But the things that keep us well are also usually the first things to go. We stop taking time for ourselves. We don't eat well, we don't exercise, we drink too much and stay up too late as our minds whirl with worry. Jesus offers us a pretty good model for doing something about it. He often takes time out, a Sabbath, time away from the crowds, time to recharge and refresh and to reconnect with God. But today we see him taking a different approach, something else that will make a difference. He can't do all of this by himself. There's too many people. He knows that. He needs help. Getting people to help is an interesting exercise, isn't it? You have to pick people you trust, people you think are up to the task, people you have some confidence in. But well, have you seen this lot, these 12 disciples? And look at where he asked them to go. Don't go among the Gentiles and don't enter any of the Samaritan towns. Rather, go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel their own people. And look what he asked them to do. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Telling your friends and neighbours they're living wrong isn't a great way to win friends and to influence people, is it? And getting it right, well, that takes practice. Nobody's perfect. Few of us can be excellent at something the very first time that we try. But usually when we're learning something, we, we start small. We break the task into steps, into chunks, into bite-sized pieces. And then we add some more. And we consolidate our learning. We see how things fit together. 
Well, that is what's been happening up until now. Jesus has been teaching and performing all these healing miracles. He's been demonstrating what he hopes will happen for everyone. When he sends the 12 disciples out, he sends them with a gift. Tell them the good news. The good news that the kingdom of God has come near. But what does that look like? It looks like new life breaking in. Curing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, casting out demons. In short, bringing new life to people who've been worn down, and cast out and marginalised, told they were worthless, enslaved and overlooked. It's not a big task then, he's asking of them, is it? But this is Matthew's Gospel and like each of the four stories of Jesus, each of the authors has a particular lens that they view Jesus through and, and the story of what he was all about. Matthew is the most Jewish of the four gospel writers and I know that's an odd thing to say because, well, they were all Jewish and Jesus is Jewish and the disciples are Jewish and everyone around them is Jewish. But for Matthew, that's really important. For Matthew, Jesus' whole strategy is to sort out his own people first so that they can then be an example to the world. This story about sending out his 12 followers, his disciples, is symbolic of the bigger goal because Israel was founded on 12 tribes, the 12 sons of Jacob, the, the 12 brothers who appear in the story of Joseph and his technicolour dream pot. Everyone was a member of one of those tribes. So Jesus chooses 12 disciples to send them out. And it's a symbol, a symbol that wouldn't be lost on that community. The Jews would see it and understand it. But for all of this to work out, for the kingdom of God to become a reality, for us to get the point at the end of the story where the risen Jesus meets the 11 of these 12 and sends them out to the whole world, well, well, we have to start somewhere. And these first steps are here. And they won't be very good at it. So Jesus doesn't put them under a whole load of pressure. If people don't want to listen, just move on. You're bringing them a gift. It's for free, it costs nothing, and it's for them and for us. Over the past months, one of the most striking features of all that's gone on is how we have cared for one another. Communities have rallied round. People have bought food and medicine for those who can't get out. We've checked on our neighbours, people we might not even have known a few weeks ago. We've made deliberate times to spend time with friends and family on Zoom and Skype. We've baked cakes painted pictures and put them in the window, we've sewn masks and the things that stop your ears hurting, we've clapped on our doorsteps, we've lined the streets when funerals have passed by, we've lit candles and put them in our windows and we've prayed. In short, the kingdom of God has come near. In the middle of a time of fear and despair and sickness and even death, the kingdom of God has come near. I've always wondered what it might look like dreamed about how it might start, considered what it would take to shift us from a contented self-sufficiency to look outward to the needs of those around us. Well, it turns out it needs something that puts us all in the same boat, to remind us of what we'd forgotten, that we're all created and loved by God. All of us. The disciples were sent out to restore and renew and recreate the world as it should be. This phrase, the new normal that's crept into our language in the last weeks. But what will it be like when this is all over? 
Things surely can't just go back to the way they were before. Of course they can. There's already massive pressure to get things moving, to get business up and running again, to get jets in the air and the tills ringing with sales. We've been told we'll be paying for this for years. Although we've spent far less on furloughs and payments and grants than we will on renewing Trident. And if that doesn't reveal what matters, then I'm not sure what does. This task that Jesus gives to the disciples is about renewing their community. It's not easy. They have to tackle sickness and poverty and exclusion just like we must. They have to tackle corruption and self-interest and greed just like we must. They have to tackle political power and ambition and lies just like we must. The good news is what happens when we embrace justice, when we share our concerns, that when we look after each other, especially those who can't look after themselves, when we dismantle the things that keep people poor and stop people being well, when we forgive and are forgiven, then we're not very far from the kingdom of heaven. And it all starts with the telling of a story to one another, a story of good news, of love and peace and justice and mercy. Who will you tell that story to today? God of compassion, in a world in which we sometimes struggle to understand what it might mean today to have a plentiful harvest, but know all too well what it means to have few labourers, we bring our prayers for other people and our prayers for ourselves as a community of faith, endeavouring to live out our commitment as your disciples. We pray for those who feel the weight of oppression and persecution in their lives individually or as a community. May they know a sense of belonging, and may we speak up to confront injustice wherever and however we find it. We pray for all those who are grieving, grieving the loss of someone special to them, and who sense so viscerally the division and isolation that loss can bring. May they know your comforting presence, and may we open our hearts in whatever way we can to be supportive friends. We pray for those who worry and know the struggle that the next months and years will be for them, with less income and greater costs, with job insecurity and fewer opportunities. May they know your steadfast companionship and may we be generous in our solidarity. We pray for all those whose labour is not recognised or appreciated and those who feel that they've been excluded from the riches and opportunities that have blessed others. May they demand recognition and may we stand with all those whom others seek to make scapegoats. We pray for all those in positions of leadership with difficult decisions to make and responsibilities to heed. May they be guided by a spirit of duty to all and with a clarity of thought that will help them navigate competing demands. And may we be supportive and questioning, generous and honest. Hear our prayers, Lord, offered in your name, as we join together in your words, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. On Sunday the 21st of June at 7.30pm, the book group meets. This month we're reading Not Forgetting the Whale by John Ironmonger and John is joining us at the book group this month. So please come along, that's June the 21st at 7.30pm. We meet on Zoom and the information is on Stonehouse Book Group Facebook page and on the church website. Next time we read Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens and that will be on the 19th of July again at 7.30pm. Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Every week Sunday School meets and will continue to meet for the whole of the summer holidays. That's at 11am and again we use Zoom so please email me if you want more information. The boarding session meet tomorrow night, that's Monday the 15th of June at 7pm and we'll be using Zoom. You should have the information on how to join the meeting by now. You can join by computer, tablet, smartphone or if you don't have internet access by telephone you should also have materials that we're going to be discussing. These services are available to watch on YouTube and on Facebook and on our website. They're available to watch at any time. You can go back and watch all of the previous services that have been recorded to video. You can also listen to the service each week by calling 01698 755533. That's 01698 755533. The cost calls the same as a local call, so it's free if you have an inclusive call package. Cafe Church will meet on Tuesday the 23rd of June at 7.30pm again on Zoom. We'll be discussing the second of Rob Bell's NUMA series. This one's called Flame. The details on how to join will be on the church website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk and on the Facebook page. And finally, just a reminder about giving to the church during this period of time. If you want to, you can set up a standing order and that's by far the most straightforward way to continue giving regularly to St Anne's. You can also though give online. The Church of Scotland have set up a new online donation system for congregation and this allows us to recover the gift aid also. If you want to use this, then please visit churchofscotland.org.uk slash donate. And when you get there, you're asked to enter the name of the congregation the congregations are listed by town first, so it's Stonehouse St Ninians. That's Stonehouse St Ninians. You can make your donation there using PayPal if you have a PayPal account, or you can use any major credit or debit card. And don't forget, if you're a UK taxpayer, then please click the gift aid recovery. You can donate by cheque, just pass your cheque to Bill, our treasurer. Or finally, if you want to keep using the envelopes, then please just put them aside each week and we'll collect them when the restrictions are eased. Mm-hmm.